All right. Man, spirit, soul, and body. Does anybody remember anything we said about that? Yeah. I'll, I'll review. How many of you have not heard anything about it? How many of this is your very first time here at Faith Life Church? Oh, welcome. Welcome. Stand up. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, we'll show you off. Yes, welcome. Welcome, welcome. We are honored to have you guys here. Welcome. I know y'all came to see Keith, and I am so sorry, but I am Mrs. Keith. So we are one. And I told him last night, I'm preaching your sermon. He said, that's okay, Phil. I said, good, because I'm doing it. He said, I guarantee it won't sound anything like me. I said, I guarantee you that's true. So, uh, but anyway, um, um, he said, anything you get, you'll make it your own, and it'll sound just like you. And I said, that's right. So this sermon um, is about us being a man. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Y'all remember that part, right? Okay. And uh, the spirit part of us deals with the spiritual realm. The soul part deals with the mental realm. And does anybody remember what the body part deals with? The pie. Right? And the cake. And the Cokes. And the sex and the porn. And the drugs. And the pain. Right? That's the physical part. So we talked about that. And then we talked about in our first service about edifying one another. And then we talked about um, in Romans 12, I think our second service, that our minds need to be renewed and our bodies need to be presented to the Lord. And then we talked about, I think, last week that your spirit through your mind can control your body. How many of you remember that? Yeah, and we talked about weight and different things like that. And we talked about meditating on the Word. How many of you were able to do any of that this week? Yes, glory to God, about half of you. So that's a good thing. So uh, we're making progress. All right, we talked about, we read this verse. Let's put it up on the screen again, then we're going to go forward. We talked about Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. And we said you were already meditating on something, your bills or your kids or your job. So we might as well meditate on the word day and night and thou that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And everybody read these two words with me. Let's do it again. For then, for then will he make your way prosperous and then will you have good success. Only when you meditate on the things of God. Okay? So today, I want us to go on to number two of four ways to develop your spirit. This is number two. Number two is practice The Word. Number one was, in case you didn't get it, meditate on the Word. Number two is practice the Word. By that, well, let's just read James before we get into it. James 1.22. But, this is King James, 
Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Go to verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Go ahead to 24. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. Now let's look at it in the Amplified and then we'll look at it in the message. Let's just look at verse 22 in the Amplified. Be ye doers of the word. Read that next part with me. Obey the message, and not merely hearers, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Now let's read the Message Bible, 22 through 26. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. But whosoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain. You don't want to be that, right? But a man or a woman of action, that person will find delight and affirmation in the action. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. This kind of religion is hot air and only Hot air. That's tough stuff, huh? And I think that's what's happened a lot in word and faith circles. And I'm just, you know me already. How many already know me that I cut to the nitty-gritty? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Keith says I make it plain. And that's what I do. I think a lot of word and faith people think that with God there is a thing called, how many of you back in olden days remember the thing called social promotion? They're still doing it? Oh, in school, you know what I'm talking about? If, If a child was in, say, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and they kept failing, 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 and they got to be 18 in seventh grade. What would they do? Graduating. Graduating, promote him. Promote him to the next grade. But do you know, with God, that never happens? It doesn't happen. And so that's why so many Christians 
sitting in this church, sitting in other Word and Faith churches, are here today. They've been in these circles for decades and still can't pay their bills. Still their bodies are not healed. Still their needs are not met. Still their marriages are falling apart. Why is that? That shouldn't be because the Word works. This Bible works. This works. So there has to be a problem someplace. But if you look at Christians today, 90%, I would say, of people sitting in the pews today that have been in Word and Faith circles for over a decade, two decades, three decades, can't pay their bills, the percentile of marriages falling apart in the church are just as bad as they are in the world, or worse. The kids are as rebellious as the day is long. They can't pay bills. They can't accomplish any. They can't keep jobs. They, I mean, nothing is happening. And why is that? Because they think just because... Put that last verse up in the message, please. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by doing what? By doing what? By doing what? Talking a good game is what? Self-deceived. You know, just because you know what to say in response to somebody saying about sickness or about prosperity, just because you know the right scripture to quote them, just because you know, give and it shall be given, just because you know, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, just because you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just because you know those verses does not mean you're an overcomer. Proof positive. Look around. How many of you know your friends that are falling apart? How many of you know friends of yours that's divorced that are in the church? Yes. How many of you know friends of yours that can't pay their bills? How many of you know friends of yours that are ready to quit Word and Faith circles and have quit Word and Faith altogether because they said it didn't work? It's happening around us left and right. And it's because people have learned to talk the words but not do the work. They learned the right things to say out of their mouths. But they never had to do it. Where's Tom and Amy? Stand, come here just a minute. I'm, I, they love me. My staff just, they get so aggravated at me sometimes. They're thinking, oh, God, what is she going to do? What is she going to say? And I didn't know it till this, just this very minute, but the Lord reminded me of it. Tom and Amy's been working for us for a long time now. And Tom and Amy's been around Word and Faith stuff for a very, very, very long time. And I'm going to just put them on the spot. They won't care. They love helping people as much as I do. And if they know if it'll help people, it'll help people. And they're for it. Tom and Amy, Tom basically right now is our administrator, doesn't 
you know, most of the stuff for us, and Amy helps me with everything that I need help with. Tom and Amy were sitting at Christmas dinner with us one night. Do y'all remember that? And um, y'all been in Word and Faith circles how long? Since she was nine years old. And they were sitting at the dinner table with us. There's a microphone right here. Can y'all turn it on for us? I'm not even going to try to say it for him. It says Phyllis on this microphone. Tom's going to try and remember what he said. He knows. He know, I, I don't want to even repeat it. This is not rehearsed. Look at Amy. It's not rehearsed. They know exactly what I'm going to say. Do you recall what you told me that night? Y'all told me that night at the dinner table that we were sitting there at that Christmas banquet. About living by faith? Yes. I believe I said something to the effect that we had been around it and thought we really knew how to walk in faith, but until we were really in a challenge, we realized how little we really knew about it. That is exactly right. And I'll tell you this, over since then, how long has that been? About five years. About five years. Over the last five years, God has put them through, I'm going to use a, a strong word, through hell, But they have learned to live by faith. And God just blessed them with a house beyond houses for a quarter of the price. I'm telling you, he did. Did he not? But you can be, thank you guys, you can be around that stuff for decade after decade after decade after decade after decade after decade. But until you're pressed into a corner... Until you have to stand. Until you're at a point where around here is sand, right? Until you're at a place where you're standing. I'm going to get up here where everybody can see me and there's no confusion. I'm at this point right here. Until you're at a place in your life where there is nothing around you But this little piece of sand right here, and there's nothing behind me, and it's you standing there on your very own. And you have to stand. You don't even know if you have faith. You can quote faith scriptures. You can say faith verses. You can say whatever you want to say. You can read the Bible. You can do whatever you want to do. But until you're in that circumstance to where you have to use your faith, you don't know if you've got such a thing. That's when you find out. But you don't want to find out how much faith you have that day. What you want to do is you want to have been building your faith a little along and 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 keep on so that when the big thing comes, you're ready for that. And it don't wash your feet out from under you. But what has happened is people have pretended on the little things so then that nobody can see that they're pretending. 
So then when the big thing comes, there's no longer a chance, an ability to pretend. It washes their feet out from under them. And they drown. And they go under. And then they blame God. Let me give you an example. We could turn there, or you can remember it. I got it in my notes. 1 Samuel, chapter 17. How many of you remember the story of David and Goliath? Everybody probably in this room remembers it. Did David start out with Goliath? He did not. He had a lion and he had a bear. Let's read the story. Uh, 1733. Saul replied to David. I've got mine in um, the NIV. Saul replied, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. So does it matter how old you are? No. And he has been a fighting man from his youth. Keep going. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. Keep going. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Keep going. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic and he put on a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head and David fastened his sword over the tunic trying to walk around because he wasn't used to them. I can't go in this, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. Get it? I ain't used to this stuff. So he took it off. Then he took his staff in his hand And he chose five smooth stones from the stream. And he put them in a pouch of of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked at David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog? that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give your carcass 
Give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beast of the earth, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. And you know what happened. Do you see the difference there? David learned how to fight. He fought the lion and he fought the bear. You may think those are little things, but to him, big things, but to him they were little things. They were little tests that he overcame so that when the big thing came, he knew just exactly what to do to do it. What about in your life? Look at it carefully. Are you believing for the little things? Little bills, little symptoms, little trials in your marriage? Are you believing for the little things? Are you taking those little things? I remember Brother Hagen tells the story. Now, the man got up off of a deathbed paralyzed. How many of you know his story? He knew about healing. He could quote you every healing scripture frontwards and backwards without ever opening a Bible. But now his daughter called him while he was on the road. And she said, I have an ear infection. They went to the doctor. And he asked the Lord, what am I supposed to do? And the Lord said, believe for her healing. So what did he do? He just prayed for her then? Quoted healing scriptures? No. The man that could quote you every healing scripture in the Bible, that knew every verse frontwards and backwards about healing, that had come up off of a deathbed, that had walked and lived, that they didn't give him any chance to live from the time he was born till the time he was 16 years of age, said this, I got my Bible and I fasted for three days and I studied the healing scriptures. And when I got my faith built up for healing, I called Aretha and Pat and I laid my hands on that phone and I told Aretha to lay her hands on Pat and we released our faith. over an ear infection. They did not wait till a major attack came and say, oh no, oh no, oh no, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? What are we going to do? When the major attacks came, they knew exactly what to do. They knew exactly how to stand. They knew exactly how to resist the devil because they had done it on the ear infection. What are you doing when the ear infection comes or the fever comes or the cold comes or the the bill comes or the this comes or the that comes? Are you going into panic mode? Are you getting your Bible out? Are you finding scriptures that relate to what you're standing on, what you're believing for? Are you just saying, okay, God, meet my needs? 
Are you thinking you're stronger in faith even than Brother Hagin, the person that most people think wrote the faith scriptures? I don't think so, guys. We've talked a good talk. But what has happened is so many people have had faith failures that they don't even know how to stand anymore. What we need to do is we need to go backwards. How's that, how do those equipments do when they back, back up? And everybody around you may be hearing, we may hear it a lot around here. Doing some backup motion. Do you understand what I'm saying? Instead of just running this thing, run this thing. We have to be doers of the word. Not just hearers only deceiving ourselves. The body of Christ has come to a point where it's deceived itself that it's up here when it's really down here. And so the devil has won the victory. He didn't win it by us not finding out about faith. But he did win. Because we all know about faith, but ain't a stinking one of us knows how to operate it. So we might as well to have won. Just because we know about faith, it, it is useless to us if we don't know how to operate it. It's like... It's like the VCRs we got 20 years ago. Everybody had one, but not a person knew how to operate them. They were useless to us. Nobody knew how to operate them. Well, maybe three people. How many of you knew how to operate your VCR? Yeah, five or ten people here, yeah? And that's the way things are with God. you got a very few people that have learned how to operate faith. And you've got to learn how to work it. It's just like any other muscle. It's just like a muscle in your body. You can kid yourself all you want to. I mean, I could kid myself here, standing here today. I have run a half marathon. I have. But then... I didn't listen, and I was stupid, and I was dumb, and I think I told y'all, I did some really dumb things, and I ignored my husband, and I ignored the voice inside of me, and I went down the steps multitude times and fell with my socks on. Did I tell y'all that? Oh, I was so dumb. My husband says, Phil, don't go down the stairs with your socks on, uh, after I fell down it twice. Yeah. And so I hurt my back. So it hurt me to run. So um, I had to stop for a little bit. I could kid myself today that I could run a half marathon. I can maybe do five miles now. But I ain't getting no half marathon today. And it's the same thing with you, with your faith. You could put... How many of you guys or girls, either one, used to lift weights on a bench? Still do. Yeah. Who 
lifted mm, 350 pounds. Come on, show off. Now's your time. Show off. Who lifted it? 350 pounds. Anybody? Somebody? You lifted? Okay. Yeah. Anybody lift 200 pounds? Yeah. What if you quit for uh, a month? Let's just even say a month. You think you could just go in there and first shot off, lift 350 pounds, 200 pounds? Absolutely not. They say you can work out for eight months and it takes eight days to get built back up, get to lose what you worked out for eight months to get. Eight days. After you've worked out for eight months. Well, what about our faith? If our physical body is that way, how would our faith be? Huh? If you can work out solid for eight months and get your body in shape and you're ready to strut. Y'all know what strut means. You're ready. And then you quit for eight days and you lose everything. What about your faith? We don't want to give the devil any ground to run over us. We want to be doers of what we hear. We don't want to deceive ourselves. We want to, if we're believing for something, don't just play it lightly. Just like what I was talking about at the first of the service. Don't treat it like you would treat a movie or treat it like you would treat um, uh, your job or treat it like you would treat anything else. Honor God. Honor this book. You're believing for finances? Get your wife. Get your kids. Pull them in there. Say, guys, let's read these scriptures. Read them in the morning. Read them in the nighttime. We're believing for this. We're hooked on this. Read it. Then after however many days that you know your faith is built up, then you say, let's pray. Don't just grab somebody's hand and say, okay, run, die, shun, die, untie my bow tie, it's going to happen. Because what happens is you have a faith failure when you do that and nothing happens, you get nothing, you get no results, and then you won't do it again. And you'll quit. And you'll go to the Tylenol bottle or the ibuprofen bottle or the doctor. And that's all good and fine. So long as they can fix it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So long as you know somebody that can help meet your needs, that's great. But you're going to run out real soon of somebody that can help you meet your needs. Or so long as the doctor can prescribe you a pill that's going to help meet your needs. But what if the big C happens? Or what if something else happens and they tell you there's no cure? Oh, I already fought that lion. I already fought that bear. I know how to stand against this. 
This is no big deal for me. I know how to receive my healing. I received it on a headache. I received it when I was throwing up and I had that food poisoning. I received it when I had diarrhea that time. I received it when I had a migraine. I received it when, you know what? This one got really bad when I had that slip disc and I was in bed for six months. I got it. I got it. I got it. Look at me now. This cancer, nothing. Nothing. But if you wait and you don't even try to receive your healing, you just pop those Tylenol, you just pop that ibuprofen, you just pop this, you just pop that pill, then you go into the doctor one day and he says, you know what, half your colons eat up with cancer. He says, you got a brain tumor, size of an egg, you got six months. How strong do you think your faith will be that day? How many lions have you fought to that point? How many bears have you fought? And see, that is the devil's ploy. It's not that you don't hear about faith. It's not that you don't know about faith. He could care less if you know about it. So long as you don't use it. He don't want you knowing how to use it because if you know about it and you ain't using it, it's just as useless as if you didn't know about it. So he's still winning. So what we want to do is we want to today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, we want to be doers of the Word of God. And I don't care how small or how dumb you think the situation is. Use your faith on it. Start where you are. Maybe you're believing God, okay? Maybe, okay, here's a dumb one. Maybe your hair's falling out a little bit. Maybe you don't even have a sickness. Use your faith on it. Maybe you have uh, a freckle you don't like. I don't know. I'm going to think of some things, you know, that we're talking about. Maybe um, you got a, a ward on a finger. Start using it. Find something. Everybody, think of something on your body right now. Something T90. I mean, your one-year-old could believe God for it. I'm serious. Don't think of something like cancer. I'm thinking, I'm talking about something so little that you'd let your two-year-old deal with it. Something really, 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 really tiny. Maybe you got a varicose vein, or maybe you got a uh, snarly lip. You know, I don't know. Maybe one of your ears is bigger than the other one. I don't know. You got it? Okay, we ain't praying. Nana, nana. Go home. Find you some scriptures. Just exactly like you thought you heard you had a brain tumor today. Take it that serious. Do you understand? Take it that serious. Deal with it that seriously. I don't care if it's a wart. I don't care if it's an ingrown toenail. I don't care if it's what it is. 
take it that seriously. Go home. Get you some scriptures. Find you some scriptures that deal with healing on it. Because you can do a lot of things. You can go to heaven broke. But if you've got a job to do down here, you need to be healed. Right? So go home this afternoon. How many of you will do it? How many of you will give me your word? You'll do it. That's part of you. The rest of you, I sure hope nothing attacks you right away. Because this could be bad for you. Go home. Get you some scriptures. I know them. I could quote them to you. But it won't do you any good. You could quote them to me. How many of you can quote me five healing scriptures right now? Let's start. Do it. By stripes, I was healed. Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. His self took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He sent his word and healed them. I am the Lord that healeth thee. There's five right there. How many of you could have quoted those very five? 98% of the people in this room. Now, how many of you will be honest with me? How many of you have something in your body you don't like? Can I raise both my feet at the same time? How many of you know that the medical profession is making more money than anybody in the world? We as Christians have got to get a handle on this, guys. We, if we get this, we can show the whole world who our God really is. He's a God of love. He loves us so much, He gave us healing. He gave it to us. It's a free gift. Here, I just gave you this. There's your gift. That's it. There's your healing. I gave you everything you needed for it. You can have it. It's free. It's yours. I want you to have it. I did everything I can to get you to have it. Please take it. But he won't take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. That's right. Take it. We have got to do it, guys. We do. We have something we have to do. Get those scriptures. Don't today pray. Read them if you have to for a week. Read them night and day. Read them, read them, read them on healing. Get them in you. Know them. Find them. Get a concordance. Do whatever you have to do. Go back there and get a healing tape. Go back there. Keith's got a booklet, I think, that's got all the healing scriptures that tell the different parts of your body and all this stuff. Get the ones on healing. Know it. Get ready. Get ready to release your faith. Don't release your faith just at a whim. Then we're going to kick the devil in the tail. Well, anywhere we want to. Because this will be, as Brother Hagin says, the dinner bell for the Lord. It will win more people to the Lord our being well. Weren't you sick? Didn't you, didn't you have that wrong with you? Didn't you, didn't you, your family? How many of you have been trying to witness to your family for decades? Decades. 
If they see you well all the time and they're sick and you're never sick and your kids are never sick, what are they going to do? They're going to start watching a little bit closer. We have the answer. It is His love. He did it for us. We have to do our part. Quit trying to pretend, guys, that you're more spiritual than anybody else. That won't get you nothing but played right into the devil's hands. That's all it does, is it plays us right into his hands and we do without. I don't want to, I'm tired of doing without. Are y'all tired of doing without? I want everything that belongs to me. And it's time we get it. And I know if my father in the faith had to go back and find scriptures on healing, then I have to. Okay? And if you're in here today and you really, really are needing finances, I'm not, I'm not nearly thinking you shouldn't go home and get scriptures on finances. Go home. Do the same thing. But you know what? Most people can only believe for one thing at a time. Get your faith stirred up. Get, knock one thing up. The devil does what Keith calls the pile-up technique. He piles this one on and then this one on and then this one on and this one on and this one on. And you get to a point where it's like, it's useless. But if you start whittling away at stuff and start knocking this one out, 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 knock, you'll, one day you'll just wake up and you'll think, find me something else to believe for. <laughs> Show me something else. You got something you need to believe for? Come here. Come here. Let me hook with you. I'll believe with you. Come here. Let's, let's get some scriptures on it. And everybody in here will be ready to preach. I'll have to turn it over. You'll be ready to preach. You'll be ready to preach. You'll be ready to preach. And that's what we need is a church full of people ready to go out and preach. Because they've got victories and they can share them. And we'll be killing Goliaths left and right. And there won't be any problems with it. Everybody got it? We're not going to just be hot air talkers anymore, right? We're going to be doers of the Word of God. Can you say amen? amen? Stand up on your feet. Say this with me. Father God, I ask you, show me where I've just been a talker. Oh, see, you got quiet. Show me where I've just been a talker. And help me to see how to do it. And I will do it. Help me to put to practice your word. And I will build my spiritual muscles. And I will use them. And I will know that when the big tests come, I will be ready for whatever the devil tries to throw at me. I can resist it. And I can stand. And I cannot be washed away. Because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world now thank him thank you thank you thank you thank you lord thank you thank you thank you for helping us today father thank you for revealing your truth to us father thank you for showing us the things that we need to see to help us to stand and grow and grow and grow in you in jesus name thank you for it